You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you tuned in to this episode on a Tuesday. I'm going to follow up a little bit from the sermon on Sunday. So on Sunday, we preached about generosity as part of this discipleship series that we're doing, Nine Ways to Follow Jesus. We're evaluating our discipleship to make sure that we're not Pharisees or just in some religious rut, but instead that we're really being changed into the image of Jesus so that we can live like Jesus, which is what discipleship is all about, learning to live like Jesus. So as we talked about generosity on Sunday, my main point was that generosity is one thing that is affected by your salvation, just like Zacchaeus or the woman, likely Mary, who we studied in Luke chapter 7. When a person gives their life to Christ and is forgiven of their sins, when they love Jesus and are changed on the inside, generosity is one of the things that is impacted. And you should be able to see that in our relationship with our resources, our time, our money, our homes and hospitality. And she was a perfect example of that. Well, I stumbled around when I was trying to share some Bible verses, which, let me just take a personal moment to tell you, is the most embarrassing thing that happens to me when I preach. Every once in a while, I write a Bible verse down wrong, or I think of one incorrectly in my mind, and that happened to me Sunday. I was looking for Luke chapter 11, verse 39, and instead, I had typed in my notes Luke chapter 11, verse 49. So when I read Luke eleven forty-nine. Man, I was totally stumped. But I thought the best thing for me to do is just make a podcast to share with you my main point. So Luke does something that is interesting. Luke points out that the Pharisees, again, very religious people, had a bad relationship with money in Luke's gospel. Now, this doesn't mean that every Pharisee was greedy or that every Pharisee had a poor relationship with with money and wealth. What it does mean is that Luke intentionally wrote his gospel to exploit and expose that some of the Pharisees that he knew about, they were greedy. And I think he was trying to point towards a distinction between the Pharisees and the followers of Jesus. This was actually a really big deal to me. There's two two passages in particular that point this out. One of them is in Luke chapter 16, verse 14, and I got this one right on Sunday. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. So he just he drops that little edgy comment, who loved money? And that's intentionally a negative for him. This is in Luke chapter 16, right after Jesus' teaching, some of his best and most clear teaching in the New Testament about using wealth on earth to impact people's futures in heaven, to try to help leverage your resources for the gospel so that more people will be saved, more people will be in heaven uh, by trying to influence and impact them in positive ways. All right, I got that one on target. The one that I missed was Luke chapter eleven thirty nine, And so let me share with that with you that one real quick. In chapter 11, he is speaking against the Pharisees. I'll set it up by reading verse 37 and 38. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. There are several examples of Jesus eating with Pharisees, a couple of them right here in Luke's gospel. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. That would have been a a Jewish ritual washing, an outward purity ritual. Then the Lord said to him, 
Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. So when Jesus um, confronts this Pharisee host with the hypocrisy that's on the inside, when Jesus starts to speak to this Pharisee about what is dirty on the inside, he lists two things. One is wickedness, but the other is greed. Now, he doesn't list ten sins. He doesn't list a lot of things. He lists two wickedness, which could cover lots and lots of different sins, kind of a blanket, but greed specifically. And I think for Luke, that's pretty important. Well, not only does he mention greed specifically when he's uh, confronting this guy with the sins that are on the inside that need to be healed, but Jesus sort of passively invites him to have those things healed. And I want you to, I want you to notice that a mark of this man's conversion would be a change in his relationship to his wealth. So let me let me show you. Look at verse 40. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Well, this is really kind of remarkable, right? Because Jesus tells this Pharisee that, you know, the same God that made the outside made the inside. So the same God who cares about what you do with your words and your body, with your actions, that same God cares about what's happening inside you. So for a Pharisee to act generous on the outside, for example, to have Jesus in his home for hospitality, but on the inside to be filled with wickedness and greed would be unacceptable in God's sight. And remarkably, this is kind of neat to me, God had come very near to this Pharisee because as I understand God to be the Trinity, Jesus is having dinner in his house and knows his heart, knows the condition of his heart. So his hypocrisy is not fooling Jesus, not not fooling the Father. So now notice how crazy this is. Like the solution for Jesus as he's explaining that this guy needs to make a change, he says, as for what is inside of you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. That is remarkable. Okay, now, I can't begin to explain all of this, and and I would start quickly by saying, you know, you interpret the Bible with the Bible. In other words, all the rest of the passages I know in the Bible are going to come to bear on this one. And because of that, I know that nobody is saved just for being generous to the poor. You know, Paul tells us that if I give everything that I have to the poor, but I don't have love, you know, it profits me nothing. So I realize that just acting benevolently towards the poor is not sufficient in the eyes of God for salvation or sanctification or righteousness. Okay, so because I know the Bible teaches very clearly on that, lots of other places, Jesus can't be telling this guy that if you'll just decide to give money to the poor, you'll be saved. That That's not a mechanism for salvation. So what could Jesus be telling this guy? Well, here's what I think. It makes great sense to me to think that this man, like many Christians today, still have one big stronghold where they're not giving God control of their life. One thing that's really preventing them from surrendering their life to God, from asking Jesus for salvation, for following God in faith, for handing him the keys to your life, bending your knee to him as Lord. One big roadblock, one big barrier that is preventing this person from walking in faith with God. And that one thing is greed. This person 
cannot let go of worldly wealth. It scares him. Maybe it is the one thing that he wants to have control about, or maybe it really is right at the heart of the issue that his life is still about himself. He'll use his resources for God, but by no means will he consider all of his resources belonging to God. So maybe for this guy, greed is the one thing that's holding him back. And Jesus tells him, you've got one thing left to do. Give to the poor and everything will be clean. In other words, it's almost Jesus telling this guy, if you'll overcome this one step, demonstrated by the fact that you're willing to be generous to the poor, it'll evidence the fact that you have rounded the corner, you've taken your step, you're walking with God. You know, echoing in the back of my mind is a negative story in Luke's gospel. We call it the rich young ruler. It's one of the Bible passages that just sort of resonates with me in a in a harmful way. Like I think about it all the time in, in kind of a because I, I used to read the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and wants to follow him. And Jesus says, you know, keep the commands. The guy says, I kept them since I was a kid. Jesus says, one thing you lack, you know, sell what you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And the guy walks away sad because he had great wealth. That's what the Bible tells you. Clearly telling you that he, he couldn't follow Jesus because he wouldn't let go of his wealth. That story always bothered me because I wondered, especially when I was younger, you know, do I worship the things God has given me? Would I let go of these things if God asked me to? Will I use them as God instructs me? That was always a very concrete passage for me. Well, I see this Pharisee sitting in the same spot. Jesus is at his table. He's showing hospitality toward Christ. He's a very religious guy, just like the rich young ruler was. But the one thing that still marks him inside as unclean is that he cannot yet be generous to the poor. Okay, so as you listen to this podcast episode, I just want to ask you, if Jesus was with you, what would he say? Is this the one thing that still hasn't fallen into line for you? For some of you, are you as far away as this guy? The one thing that's keeping you away from salvation is you worship money and you don't know what God would do if you gave him control of your life. Well, if that's you, I promise you it's worth it. What would you gain and forfeit your soul? Like, really, understand that everything is the Lord's and trust him. Give him your money, your whole life, and follow him wholeheartedly. Maybe some of the others who are listening to the podcast, you're a believer, you're walking with God, but this is an area where you need to grow. You know that there's tons of Bible passages that talk about generosity toward the poor or the needy, or that we would be willing to use God's resources however he sees fit. And this is one place that is still hard for you. Well, listen, I just want to ask you, let, let Jesus work in this area. Let the Holy Spirit heal you. I do think this is a matter of, of discipleship. So to summarize this podcast, Luke is clear that the Pharisees loved money that the Pharisees held greed in their heart and were unclean in the eyes of Jesus, at least the ones that Luke told us about in his writing. I don't want you to be like that. I want you to be like a real disciple of Jesus who's not ruled by money, but who understands that everything they have belongs to the Lord. Church family, I love you. I hope this podcast episode is useful to you. If you like it, share it with others. Let me make a plug here today that tomorrow we begin brand new cafe classes on Wednesday nights. We've got a terrific lineup. It's a great time for you to come sing in the choir, uh, take your kids to youth group, children's ministry, and go to an adult discipleship class. We've got plenty to pick from, some fantastic topics. I would love to see you there. God bless you. Have a terrific afternoon.